Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 151 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. We've got a shorter show for everybody today, but but a really good interview with Glendale City Manager Linda Cassidy about Rugby Town 7s coming up. Uh, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited to jump into it, and that's exactly what we'll do, and we'll start off with the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in World Rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. I think we really only have one sort of semi-update uh, in the breakdown, and that's regarding the American Raptors. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for a few Raptors playing in Rugby Town 7s next weekend. Um, I've heard of three or four guys that will be playing in the tournament that will be spread across the tournament. So that'll be fun to see them right before the Raptors report back to work. They do report back for the fall season on October, August 29th. Uh, so it's coming quickly. And as we get closer to that, there'll be more things to talk about, of course. Um, and I'm looking forward to all that. So keep your eyes peeled for some for some Raptors at Rugby Town 7s. Uh, we hope to see you out there. That's really every, the only thing else that's going on, and we'll talk a lot more about Rugby Town 7s coming up here in the interview portion of the show, which will take place right after all the rugby you can watch this weekend. And all the rugby you can watch this weekend is, of course, brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support the USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, cream, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oils and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. So first off, we've got USA Club Rugby National 7s Championships going on this weekend. Those are Saturday and Sunday. You can watch that on the Rugby Network. Uh, friend of the program, Brendan Shea's Denver Barbarians will be competing in that, so we'll be rooting them on. Uh, the Rugby Championship, we got South Africa versus New Zealand on Saturday at 9.05 a.m. And then Argentina versus Australia on Saturday at 1.10 p.m. You can watch that on Flow Rugby. We got the Farrah Palmer Cup and the MPC Bunnings, uh, which is the New Zealand men's and women's provincial rugby going on right now. All that will be available to watch on Flow Rugby throughout the course of the weekend. 
Um, and then last but certainly not least, we have the HSBC Challenger Series, which is the promotion pathway for the HSBC World Rugby 7 Series. Uh, it sounds like you can watch that on World Rugby's website, which is world.rugby, and that'll take place on Saturday and Sunday. So tune into that. you got some good rugby to watch this weekend as you get ready for next weekend's Rugby Town 7s Tournament, which we'll talk more about in the interview portion of the show. So this Rugby Town 7's interview with Glendale City Manager Linda Cassidy is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouth guard revolution with American-made mouth guards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. Uh, I'm not sure anyone knows more about the Rugby Town 7s than Glendale City Manager Linda Cassidy. She's been around the tournament from the very beginning and has not only seen but been involved in all of the changes that the tournament has gone through over the course of a, a decade plus now. Uh, this is the 10th annual Rugby Town 7s. It would have been last year if COVID didn't you know, delay the, the special anniversary for a year. So they took a year off. So uh, we're, we're looking at the, the 10th anniversary of Rugby Town 7s, which is crazy to think about. Uh, so I thought it would be great to have her on, ask her all about these changes. I really enjoyed the opportunity to do exactly that. So I hope everybody enjoys this chat with Glendale City Manager Linda Cassidy. All right, I welcome on a very special guest to the podcast, Glendale City Manager Linda Cassidy. Linda, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks so much for having me today. Thank you for for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. I know uh, somebody I've wanted to interview for, I mean, we've been doing this for almost three years now, and I don't know how we haven't done it yet, so uh, it should be fun. So we're talking about Rugby Town 7s. Rugby Town 7s, by the time everybody hears this, will be officially a week away, which is crazy because it feels like the year just started. Um, so, Linda, I guess the first question I want to ask you is just can you tell us a little bit about how the tournament got started? Because I know it's got an interesting backstory. It really does. Um, it, it's interesting because the uh, armed forces are the first that brought this idea to us. So, a guy named Gary Helfelt, who was with the Air Force at that time, he was looking at the change from 15s to 7s because 7s had just been accepted into the Olympics as an Olympic sport. And the Armed Forces had always done a 15s tournament, but they had always done a 15s tournament on one of the bases. So nobody in the public ever got to see it. He came to us and floated this idea of switching over to 7s and inviting not only the U.S. Armed Forces, but extending that into an international defense sevens competition. And that was really intriguing for us. First of all, the ability to support the U.S. Armed Forces is always really attractive to us. But the idea of bringing in international defense forces um, was a really cool idea as well. So we had never done a sevens tournament before. That was a brand new thing for us. And we were foolish enough in that first year to not only do the international defense sevens on one weekend, but decided, well, hey, let's do a second one that is non-defense teams and did a whole separate tournament the weekend before that that was called the Serevi Rugby Town Sevens. So doubly crazy. Yeah. And it only took us one year to realize that two tournaments <laughs> on back-to-back -back weekends was a really crazy idea. Uh, so we switched in uh, 20. 13 to combine both tournaments together. I think that was a good decision. You know, I've helped out with a couple of them now. That's a lot of work. I couldn't imagine doing double the work back-to-back -back weekends, too. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you got some good sleep when that was all said and done, <laughs> though, right? Uh, perfect. And, and I know you just kind of talked about the first major change was combining the, the International Defense Sevens and then the Serevi Rugby Town Sevens. Um, but can you kind of tell us a little bit about how the tournaments evolved over the years and some of the other ways as well? Yeah, um, 
it has really evolved. We we did the 2012 with two tournaments and then combined them, had at that point, I think, 17 teams. That was a little bit awkward because we had five teams that we always wanted to play the armed forces teams together in one pool. So we had one pool that had five teams in it, and then we had three teams that had four teams in each of those pools. So 17 was a little bit of an awkward number. Uh, the armed forces pool would drop out one team uh, based on who have, based on their point total. So whoever scored the lowest in that pool would then drop out from the rest of the tournament once it went into the quarterfinals. We were getting so many uh, teams that wanted to be part of the Rugby Town Sevens, which was a great thing, that we decided in, I think, 2015 to expand or 2016 to expand to 20 teams and have five teams in four pools. And in each of those pools, the lowest point scorer would then drop out and not advance to the quarterfinals. That made it more fair for the armed forces team, so everybody was on the same basis. And 20 teams, even now, and we get we have probably five teams that have been on the waiting list because it's become a really popular tournament worldwide. Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect segue into the next question. Is uh, so, like you just mentioned, this is an invitation-only tournament, right? There's no open division. I can't just show up with 12 people and say, "Hey, I'm playing. We're playing this tournament." Uh, so, what goes into the selection process when it comes to you know feel, finding teams to fill out the bracket? Yeah, that's a great question. It's because it's always challenging. One of the things that we now are doing is that, other than the armed forces pool. The teams that are not able to advance to the quarterfinals are are relegated, so they don't get an, an ask back for the next tournament year. That gives us three open slots each year, and that has been really valuable because otherwise everybody that's played in the tournament seems to want to come back the next year. That says great things for the tournament, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's awesome, best-case situation but then you never get any new blood into the tournament. Yeah. So that's the way we're going forward now. And we do a lot of work up front to say, okay, if are there any teams even that may have made it into the quarterfinals that may not have been able to handle all of the pieces of this tournament? It is a very well-administrated tournament, and there are some teams that just can't handle all of that, and that sounds a little bit uh, crazy, I think, but if p if teams are not on top of it and getting yeah. us their schedules and getting us their training times and getting us their uh, rosters and getting us their rooming lists, we can't run the tournament as effectively as we want to run it. So teams that cannot stay up on that, even though they may compete really well, don't get asked the back, back the next year. That makes perfect sense to me. I can imagine, you know, being on any team, if you're you can be the best football player of all time, right? But if you're a headache when you're not playing football, that's a very small piece of the pie, you know? Yeah. Oh, that makes that makes yeah. total sense to me. That's interesting. I didn't know about all that stuff, so that's cool to hear. Uh, so we're entering the 10th year of this tournament. Is there one year in particular that kind of stands out to you since you have been around for all of them? I have been around for them. That's, that's really <laughs> dating me a lot. <laughs> I have been around since the beginning. It's crazy. Again, it's crazy how fast it's gone. I was telling you before we started, I helped, or I came to the first one as a fan, and then I think I've worked six or seven. I've only missed two or three. Yeah. It and, is a really special weekend. It's, mm -hmm. it's crazy busy leading up to it, but on the days of the tournament itself, 
people are beaming and all of our staff is just happy to get to the tournament and see all the teams that are happy to be here and the fans that are happy to be here. I think there was something really special about that first year when we had all of those different international defense teams. Uh, the British Army won it that year. We had the French Air Force and the Royal Air Force and two incredibly crazy teams from the Australian Army that we found out later that the Australian Army is probably not the most disciplined uh, team yeah. ever. Uh, the hotel that they stayed in still has stories that oh. transfer from staff to staff about the Australian Army and how absolutely crazy there were. I've, I've never had so many calls from our police department while rugby teams were in town as I did with the Australian I've, Army. I've heard that, uh, I've read stories about even just the Olympics. It seems like every year at the Olympics, there's a story about some Australian sports team, whether it be going bananas on a plane and having way too much to drink or something like that. So I guess it's just in the blood of the Australians. Uh, maybe. Sounds like. I, I heard that um, the Australian Air Force is, is much more uh, contained, but uh, that came from somebody in the Australian Air Force. So oh, yeah. uh, that so may be, be a total line, story. right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Australian Army, completely nuts. Yeah. 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 So that was a fun time. We had a year where we not only had, uh, because we were a little bit crazy, um, not only had all of the men's teams, but we invited, I think, eight high school teams in. And that was kind of an interesting year. Mm. Uh, it was cool to see these high school boys and how they looked up to the men's teams. We liked that dynamic a lot, but in the end, that was just a, a bridge too far for us to, to navigate. Right. The high school boys were playing out in the, the um, park on the, the artificial turf, and in mid-August, that is a hot <laughs> area. We got actually a little bit worried about yeah. their health playing out there, and we thought, okay, we, we need to cut that part out. Yeah, that's always a warm weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball here a little bit. Is there any part of the tournament that you like? Is do you have like a favorite aspect of the tournament? Because, um, and I can kind of you know talk a little bit about what I'm thinking because it is unlike anything else. Mm -hmm. like you put it very, you know, special when you said it is a special weekend, right? So, I've been to plenty of other sevens tournaments, and and I like that it's all right here, right? You don't, there's no wandering around, like we have to map out our day, we have to go over here in the morning, and then over here at this time, you can find the best seat in the house, you can run with the shade, and you can watch all the rugby you want. The military aspect of it is always very cool to me, um, and all the international teams that come through, like I, I know there's lots of stories about the, the Fijian team that came through after they won gold at the Olympics, but, but for someone like me, that's, I would never get to see Fiji I'm literally like one row away from the field to watch this team, the best sevens rugby team in the world. Like yeah. that was super cool to me. So, um, and I know I've talked to down a lot about it where when he'll call these, these military matches in the armed forces final and stuff. And he, he'll say, Oh yeah, this, this guy scored three tries and he's uh, you know, his, his job is a machine gunner or this guy works on tanks or something like that. That is such a cool piece of it too, that uh, there's just so much about it that whenever I come, I just find myself kind of in awe, like, man, this is, there's literally nothing else like this in the world. 
No, I agree. I I think that the the armed forces aspect of this is the most special part of this tournament. I love having teams that come in year after year. The Jesters are a really special team in this tournament, and we've gotten to know them really well. Um, so there's a number of the non-military teams that are really special to us that are part of the tournament every year and, and compete really well every year. Mm -hmm. But there is something about having these five teams of the U.S. Armed Forces and these guys that are coming in from duty stations literally all over the world for this tournament. And they have to play at the same uh, level that these teams that play together all the time do. The Marines came in last week and they get about a week to train together before they start getting players cut and really get down to their training squad. But these guys are so special. We don't realize that these are the guys that are out defending our country. And there's something incredibly special about having them here. I've never been called ma'am so much in my life as I am when the military teams are in. The, the best part of this entire tournament is the remembrance ceremony mm -hmm. because it focuses everybody on what those players are willing to give up for this country. And yeah. that is a really special part of this tournament and I don't think is part of any other tournament. Yeah, I'm glad you highlighted that too because I do think, I mean, especially people that maybe just see this on the calendar and want to come check it out, like that's not something that's at the forefront of their mind. Um, and, it, and one thing I always like about the military teams too is how seriously they take it. It's mm -hmm. not just, you know, oh, we're going off to play rugby and have fun. Like they're, they're in it to win. There's not, they're, that's winning the armed forces final is a big deal. And then something they take very seriously. And that always is, makes things a little bit more special, right? When you have teams that are taking it really seriously and know how special the tournament is. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you're right. Those armed forces teams are playing to that armed forces championship game. That is the big thing for them yeah. to have bragging rights for the rest of the year. It was cool to see Navy win that last mm -hmm. year. I know it was a bit of a weird year with right. COVID still hanging around, but it was really great to see the Navy win that armed forces championship last year. That was a really special thing. Definitely. I have a question about the armed forces bracket. Um, it's a bit of a hypothetical, I guess, because uh, you know, Space Force is starting to make their presence felt in, in a couple other realms. But what are you going to do when Space Force gets a team? Are we going to have to bump up the pools to six teams? Oh, my God. Yeah. That, <laughs> cross that, is, that bridge when we get that, there? We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It is interesting because Space Space Force doesn't have a rugby team yet, yeah. but they do have an eSports team. Right. So those guys are good computer guys, yes. and they do really well on the eSports side. Very on brand for Space Force. So yeah. I'll ask you a little bit about the esports uh, here coming up in a bit but uh, so say you know say uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of this I heard about this on the radio or I saw an ad somewhere um, and I'm gonna come for the first time what can people expect if they buy a ticket to Rugby Town 7? You know the great thing about Rugby Town 7s it is three full-on days of entertainment and you don't have to be here for all day mm -hmm. you can buy a weekend pass for twenty dollars and I don't know where else you can get entertainment for a weekend for twenty dollars and the great thing is the games start at 11 o'clock in the morning, every morning of that three-day weekend. And the first night goes until 9, Saturday night goes until 8, Sunday goes until about 
Um, it is a full-on weekend, but you can come in for a couple of hours of rugby and then go walk down to the Bullenbush or walk over to City Set or walk over to uh, Sam's Number 3 and have lunch and then come back for another few games. It is the best weekend of rugby where you can just sit 10 feet away from, a, as you said, yeah. an Olympic rugby player, yeah. because a lot of these teams have players from the Olympics on their teams. And so you're rubbing shoulders with these players that yeah. play at such a high level that you would never have a chance to actually sit down and talk to. And here right. you can. And most of the time, they're very nice. And <laughs> most of the time, they are. They really are. It's yeah. It's got a very collegial feeling to it yeah. everybody the teams love being here and they walk around the stadium in between their games they're they're not just all huddled out somewhere else um, they interact with the fans it's just a cool weekend that feels very I don't know very collegial and very close it's really great I have a story about last year I think it was on Saturday I was sitting down in the corner you know right kind of by the bench in the front row, um, I like to hug that wall because it's there's some shade there. It's the only uh, place yes, with shade. Yes, there is. And I was watching the Jesters play, and I saw someone go up to you know get a ball in the air, and I heard they landed, and the guy landed on top of him, and the guy on the Jesters, his knee like snapped. It popped very loud. And I don't remember who they were playing, but the guy on the other team was like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'll be fine. And He's limping around the rest of the game. And then I see him walking around on Sunday, and he's got a bunch of ice on his knee. And I went up to him, and I said, I'm pretty sure I heard you snap your knee yesterday. And he was like, you probably did. Like, <laughs> I definitely hurt my knee pretty bad yesterday. Oh, I have an MCL injury. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he said, oh, it's all right. I'll be, I'll survive. Like, it's just a knee. It'll get better. I can't, ima I can't do that anywhere. I can't imagine being at an NBA game and be like, hey, I heard you blow your knee out. And then him being that cool about it and – yeah, oh, I don't think it would there, happen. Have a good day and watch the rest of the tournament. Uh, but I don't know if that that will help sell more tickets or not. But it was an, it's something that stuck with me. And but <laughs> it's cool because yeah, you are talking different. directly yeah. to players, and you can walk around, and these players are in their jerseys, and they are happy to engage with people and yeah. engage with. It's a great kids entertainment because kids love it, and the players engage with the kids. Right. They love giving their jerseys out to kids. You see the teams will bring in uh, extra jerseys specifically to hand out to kids in the crowd. So it is a really cool weekend of just entertainment. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, so obviously all these teams will be here. They're competing uh, to win a $10,000 cash prize, which is pretty unheard of in rugby. That's I know before this tournament, I had never heard of another tournament where you win, you're playing for money you're playing mm -hmm. for a purse uh was this the first one of its kind because I, I know i've seen a couple of them pop up in the recent years but it's never ten thousand dollars it's you know fifteen hundred two thousand it, it's a lot smaller than ten thousand dollars yeah we when we first started this we thought we really need to kind of have the attitude of go big or go home mm -hmm. if we want to attract the best rugby teams to this tournament we need to be willing to have a big prize we didn't had a lot of discussion at the beginning about do we split that up over the 
the top three teams. And then we thought, no, this needs to be a winner take all. It needs to have some significance to it. There needs to be a reason that people are going to choose the, to play in this tournament. Mm -hmm. And the $10,000 prize does not hurt. There's been yeah. some really interesting stories. You mentioned Fiji yeah. and the year that uh, the Fijian team won the grand prize, we got wire instructions on where to send it to them. And it was someplace in San Francisco. And then about a week later, we got a, a call from the Fijian rugby union asking where their players were. <laughs> they had not reported back from oh. San Francisco. I think they were having a good having time a good spending time, yeah. the prize money. Yeah, they'll they'll need that money to get you know take the tolls across the bridges. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, and then I know this last year and and this year as well, um, there's been an esports component. So I was wondering if you could kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the in 2019, the Warrior Gamer Foundation out in California approached us about pulling in this esports component. Esports has been found to be really helpful to veterans with PTSD and dealing with emotional issues. Uh, and because of our commitment to the military in this the rugby tournament, we thought, well, maybe that makes sense to pull yet another military component into this. So we felt very strongly from the beginning that if we were going to do esports, it needed to be specific to the military teams. That was the mission. That was the vision of it. And so uh, it has in 2019, or tw not 2019, 2021, and this year, 2022, um, just specific to the military teams. So in this one, the Marines do not compete, mm -hmm. but the Space Force does. Yeah. So we have five teams from the U.S. Armed Forces that are competing. They all play Rocket League. I learned a lot about esports yeah. last year, having never seen an actual game yeah. before. Uh, Rocket League is one that's very easy to follow and looks like um, cars playing soccer. Yeah, just car soccer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Indoor it's car soccer. Really in interesting. Like that. Yeah. That is cool. Like you said, now all the branches are, are truly represented in the, in our tournament. Exactly. Different parts of the tournament. I but. know. We have the very first <laughs> Space Force jersey. They've never yeah. produced a jersey before that's and cool. they gave us one last year and we framed it and it's in the out uh, in the Tri Club this year. Oh, I, I didn't know so, that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I need some Space Force rugby kit when that comes out that's going to be funny it really is <laughs> when this year we've got another component to the esports tournament that we didn't have last year and that is the gold star kids mm -hmm. are a piece of the esports tournament and gold star kids for anybody that doesn't know are kids that have lost a parent in active military service so we've got uh four esports teams that are coming gold gold star kids teams that are coming in as well yeah. and they'll be competing on friday and saturday alongside the adults that's awesome and, and this year unlike last year this is all combined in their one ticket right you don't have to buy a separate ticket to go in and out of the the nice air-conditioned building, which should be incentive enough to get the ticket, right? You are exactly right. That is going to be a great break from yes. watching a lot of rugby on yeah. what is always a very hot weekend in yeah. the sun. Uh, the challenge with Infinity Park is we don't have a lot of shaded areas, right. but the eSports tournament is a great place to go inside and get cooled off. And it, it's awesome because it's in the ballroom and that has the 360 degree surround screens and there will be separate broadcasters in there that are broadcasting live on Twitch. 
and uh, it's just going to be a really fun time. That's awesome, and that that'll hold us over until we you know get the budget for a retractable roof right yes, on, the, that's on right. the stadium. That's right. Yeah, we'll put that in the plan <laughs> that for could the be next a couple while. years. Mm. <laughs> Perfect. And then we'll Please come out so that we can afford the retractable. Yeah, roof. if you want shade, you can help. You <laughs> can contribute right. to the shade. Buy a ticket. <laughs> Perfect. And then the last one I want to ask you, Linda, is this your favorite event that Infinity Park puts on? It really is. Uh, it is the hardest event mm -hmm. that we put on in terms of the logistics because there are so many moving parts to this. But this is kind of an all hands in. The police department is involved from a security standpoint. Turf department through Public Works is involved in making sure that the the pitch looks good every single day. Um, the stadium operations does an amazing job of organizing this. Kieran Nelson and her crew do an amazing job of organizing this. Facilities is here all weekend. Marketing do a great job of social media and getting the word out about the tournament and getting people to buy tickets. So it is really an all hands on deck tournament. Yeah. And I think it's special for all of us. Yeah. Like I said, the, the, Last few tournaments that I have helped with it, you're right, it does kind of feel like your hair's on fire in the in the weeks leading up to it. But once the ball's in the air at 11 a.m. on Friday, it just is like, okay, we made it. Like, exactly. We did it. Okay. Let's get through. The, this is the easy part now, right? Just they're playing the matches and, mm -hmm. and doing all that stuff. We made it. That's that's a good feeling. And it, it's, it's just fun. It's something to look forward to every year. It's my favorite tournament, too. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it this year. 10th anniversary should be extra special. Um, and that's all the questions I had for you, Linda. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Colton. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Glendale City Manager Linda Cassidy. Uh, she's a very busy woman, so I really do appreciate her carving a few minutes out of her busy schedule to come chat with me about the Rugby Town 7s going on next weekend. Really enjoyed it. Learned a lot. Um, this is the – I mentioned it in the interview, but I think I've been involved or at least been to the at least – seven of the Rugby Town 7s tournaments that have taken place. Uh, I've only missed uh, two or three. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see what goes on behind the curtain because I've, I've been to one as a fan, helped out working, you know, and covering the, the last six or seven. So really enjoyed talking to Linda about all that. We'll have one more preview podcast with, with Down Stanford, who is, you know, kind of in charge. of. He's the lead commentator of the Rugby Town 7s. It's turned into a bit of a yearly tradition. I always have him on around this time of year. Preview the tournament because he's very plugged in, knows a lot about some of the new teams that will be coming through, uh, and I'm excited to do that next week, and so stay tuned for that. We'll go ahead and move into the required reading portion of the show, which is actually required viewing this week. Required reading is brought to you by Gilbert Rugby. Gilbert is the official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert Rugby gear. As I was saying, no required reading this week. It's required viewing, so go watch Rugby Town on AmericanRaptors.com. That is, of course, the documentary that's been taking place around the Colorado XL slash American Raptors for the last two seasons, two years, I mean. Uh, so go check that out. Tell me which is episode your favorite. If you look hard enough, you can see me. I tried hard to stay out of the way of the cameras, though, so you really do have to look pretty hard. So that's the required viewing this week. I will link that in the article that houses this podcast as well as the description of this podcast so it's nice and easy to track down or if you go to americanraptors.com and you just look in the top right corner there's a big blue button i think that says watch rugby town so you can click that as well so we're going to move into the stat of the week which isn't really a stat of the week it's more of a fact of the week 
But the stat slash fact of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. Uh, so, like I said, we're in the dead of summer. Uh, I'm looking for anything that's remotely interesting. Looked up some fun stuff about the month of August, and I learned this today. The first ever sandwich was created in August. So on August 6, 1762, which was a great year, the first ever sandwich was created, uh, at least with such a name. It was named after Earl, excuse me, the Earl of Sandwich, which is a position. That sounds like the president of, you know, Sandwich or something like that. Uh, which sound like a territory, when he requested a dish involving meat between two pieces of bread. As the story goes, he requested it as he was in the middle of a gambling game and didn't want to interrupt the game. So I, I dug a little bit deeper into this, like the reporter that I am. And in 1762, John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, invented the meal that changed dining forever. As the story goes, he was playing cards and did not want to leave the gaming table to eat. So he asked... For a serving of roast beef to be placed between two slices of bread so he could eat with his hands and continue to play cards. Thus, the sandwich was born. I got that fact from EarlOfSandwichUSA.com, which sounds like a restaurant chain. But I didn't know this. So August 6th, we missed it by about a week. Uh, but that was uh, the, the day the first sandwich was ever created. So pretty, pretty interesting, something to think about while you're eating your sandwiches throughout the month of August. I'm sure you still have a couple of barbecues planned. And there will be some form of sandwich, whether it's a hot dog or a hamburger, that you'll be indulging in throughout the month of August. So think about that. Pull out that little fun fact. I'm sure that will get the people talking. Have a barbecue on Saturday that I'm going to be hosting, and I'll be sure to drop that little nugget. Uh, so that's what I got for the facts slash stat of the week. We'll have some more rugby-related stuff as we get a little bit closer uh, to some some rugby, you know, local to us, some some meaningful rugby to us. So uh, we'll keep we'll keep grinding through this summer. And we'll get to some fall and some substance here pretty soon. We'll go ahead and close the show at The Loop. Uh, the Loop is brought to you by First Bank. And First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Uh, and I don't really have a lot to push here. Still working on that Sean Clark piece. I know I feel like a broken record, but I make a little bit of progress every day. I'm excited to get that out. And you can... You'll see it first if you follow along with everything we've got going on at DNVR Rugby on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. That's the show for this week. Thank you to everybody for listening. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Hopefully we'll see you at next weekend's Rugby Town 7s. Enjoy all the rugby this weekend. We've got some NFL preseason football if you're going to watch some of that. I certainly will enjoy that too. And we'll catch you all back here next Friday for the 10th anniversary of the Rugby Town 7s.